Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Kristen Petrucci about trait mindfulness practices in the workplace. Kristen Petrucci, welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. So excited to be here. Yeah, great to have you back. Uh, We first talked back over the summer when you were on an episode, and and you you have a lot of expertise in the areas of mindfulness um, practices. And so we're going to continue that conversation today, uh, focusing today on trait mindfulness within the workplace and how to be better leaders by practicing mindfulness with ourselves and with our teams. Uh, and it, it was fun, Kristen, we were, we were talking uh, before starting the interview that uh, after our last interview over the summer, you know, we went our own separate ways, uh, living our busy lives. And then all of a sudden uh, I end up on your doorstep where I'm picking up a used set of weights and I didn't even realize it was you. You didn't realize it was me until, you know, we, we had that uh, face-to-face encounter uh, because we were just doing this, you know, online uh, message board kind of selling used stuff. And, and it's fun when the world brings you together in that kind of a way. And all of a sudden we realized, Hey, we, we, we started talking again and we realized, Hey, we should do this uh, again and have another episode uh, to talk about some of these topics. So it's a pleasure to have you back. It's a pleasure to have this conversation with you today. Um, let me share your bio with everybody uh, so they can be reminded of who you are and what you do, and then we'll launch into the conversation. Kristen Petrucci received her postgraduate positive psychology training from the University of Utah. It helped save her life after suffering from brain trauma and damage in March of 2016. Known as the Mindset Architect, Kristen brings mindset training as a transformational speaker and virtual or live team building experience facilitator. Her main focus is to prevent burnout and increase resilience by teaching and implementing positive psychology micro practices, gratitude, wonder, and connection. She is a certified yoga instructor and currently a service provider for Impact Utah, founder of KP Speaks, owner of Wona Forchetta, Utah, co-founder of Women's Soul Summit, and author of Daily Reflections Therapeutic Gratitude Practice Journal. Uh, You are a super busy woman. Uh, Great to have you back. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Before we launch into the conversation, anything else that you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context before we get started? Yes, I am a mother of five. I have ages 18 to two years old and I'm a single mom. So I stay very busy and I practice, or at least I try to practice what I teach and preach. So it's definitely the way that I'm able to stay on top of everything. Yeah, wonderful. Again, thank you for coming back. And, you know, as we were preparing for this episode, I was intrigued by this 
concept of trait mindfulness. It's not a, a term that I was previously familiar with. So maybe we can start there. What is trait mindfulness? And then we can launch into more of an open discussion about the role of trait mindfulness and how we can leverage that and mindfulness generally as leaders within our organizations, not only to help ourselves uh, be more effective and productive uh, and, and centered and grounded, but how do we help our teams do the same thing? Yes. So trait mindfulness is just a psych term for being able to pull yourself into the present at any moment of time. So you might find yourself, your mind wandering or you're just not focused. So this ability to build your skills around trait mindfulness is being able to just, bam, pull yourself back into the present. And what are some examples of that? Well, I personally find I have been able to use trait mindfulness to heal. Well, of course, sorry about that. <laughs> I just got off a TV show. So I decided to set up in my car <laughs> for this interview. No problem. So I will hold my phone now. <laughs> um, so this would be a good example to be able to not be distracted by what just happened. I would literally like close my eyes or if I can't close my eyes, I just take in a deep breath, pull back to the center of myself like that. Just a moment of pause and bam, I'm back in the present. Um, you can use it at any time, but literally it's just everyone's ability to pull themselves back to the present. And I teach different micro tools as well as, small little skills that help people to be able to snap themselves back into the present. But one thing is you have to be aware that you're not in the present. That's kind of the, the caveat. <laughs> yeah. You can't snap yourself back in if you don't even realize it's an issue, right? Absolutely. So, so I guess that's, that's the next question is why is it even important? Um, you know, we, people hear about mindfulness all the time. Anyone who's listening today has heard me talk about mindfulness on this podcast many times well, with different guests. It's very important, but, but let's articulate why, the why behind it. Why is that um, necessary? Why do you want to snap yourself back into the present moment? Um, what does it look like when you're not doing that? How do we know when we're not doing that? Well, for me personally, when I was suffering from high anxiety, depression, suicidal ideations back in 2016, I literally had to break those negative thought cycles with trait mindfulness. So anytime I found myself in the negative thought cycle pattern, I used, um, I used my own like snapping my fingers or pulling myself back to, you know, I didn't have all the skills at the time, but I had learned that if I could break that negative thought cycle immediately, then I would be able to train my brain to not go into those negative thought cycles as frequently. And it worked. It, it took two weeks where I worked very hard. Like every single time I went to a negative thought, I would pull myself out. And uh, instead of ruminating, I broke the ruminating cycle and was able to train my brain to not go there as often and not go there for as long. And it starts to become, it's an exercise. Trait mindfulness can be an exercise that you continue to practice daily. And you might find yourself at work sometimes, or maybe you don't work, but you're reading a book. And sometimes this is a perfect example. You've read like four pages and you have no idea what you just read. That would be an example where you're like, oh, you know, where, where did the time go? I don't even know what I just read. And you have to go back and read again. Or you might be in a conversation with someone you're having a hard time paying attention to them. You're off in La La Land or somewhere else thinking about something else. Trait mindfulness pulls you to the present to be able to focus on the moment 
and put away, you know, whatever it is, why you are somewhere else. No one knows. A lot of times that's how we handle stress, just going somewhere else. Um, it definitely aids in presenteeism where you're at work, where you're actually not working. Um, a lot of times absenteeism, you choose not to even go to work because you don't want to have to face everything that you're facing. But there is a piece and literally a way to save lives when you go into the present, when you're not back in the past or the future and not stressed about those elements. All of your power is in the moment, in presence. When you are in that state, you're highly creative, powerfully present, and able to give your whole authentic self in that moment. Yeah, that, that's a great explanation. Um, and we all have challenges with that, right? We all have good days and bad days. And the trick, you know, it's, it's not to say that we're not going to have hard things happen to us and that we can't spend time, that we can't have genuine, you know, negative emotions. Um, and, and sometimes we sit with those negative emotions and we, we, we have grief and we have pain and we have sorrows and frustrations. But the, the point is not ruminating on them, right? And not mm -hmm. continually getting sucked back into them. Um, you know, if, if, if you have something that, in, that creates grief, then, then you need to deal with that grief and pretending like it's not there isn't going to be helpful for anybody. Um, but you, you start to work through it uh, and, and then you move on and you don't need to continue dwelling on it and going back to it over and over and over again. And, and so that presentism and snapping yourself into that mo the moment where you're at with the people you're interacting with, I think is so important. Um, otherwise, like you said, before you know it, you are distracted. You don't even realize it. Uh, and, and when you're distracted in that way, you're just missing stuff. So from a really practical standpoint, if I'm a leader or I'm working, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working with people at work and I'm in an important meeting and I'm not present in the moment, I'm not paying attention, I'm missing stuff. I'm missing important things um, that at a minimum probably will end up making me look stupid because I'm going to say something dumb or I'm going to, you know, uh, miss something important. Um, but, but it can have much uh, bigger negative impacts. And so as a leader, my hope is, you know, maybe I should also step back and say, you know, leaders deal with a lot of anxiety and stress because they have a lot of weight on their shoulders. They have responsibility for the, the outcomes of their unit. They, ha they have responsibility for their people. Um, they have people looking to them and relying on them in order, you know, for their livelihood to take care of their themselves and their families. And, and that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of weight. Uh, and a lot of times leaders, you know, are, are just going from fire to fire, trying to, to, you know, resolve issues. And, if you're not present in the moment, it, it's so much harder to, to not only be productive and and uh, be able to respond in healthy, productive ways, but you, ultimately you're not going to really be the support that you want to be for your people and you're going to be stressed. You're not going to be able to deal uh, in, in, in good, healthy ways with the stress and anxiety that you're feeling as a leader. So, so getting back into the present moment focusing on what you're doing, when you're doing it, focusing on the, the person sitting, you know, in front of you, if you're having that performance discussion with one of your people or whatever the case may be, uh, it, it's just going to, to help with in so many ways. Absolutely. Um, we are mind. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They've just um, come out 
in LinkedIn kind of quite strongly and have been growing quite, very quickly. They're a nonprofit organization. Um, they It was launched by Nick Stegg. I don't even know how to say his last name, Stage Stagi <laughs> and Levi Lindsay, immediately when they posted about anxiety, I mean, they're both co-founders and CEOs and, you know, they've been presidents, things like that, entrepreneurs. Um, they, they posted about the anxiety they struggle with. They posted about hard things that they've gone through. When they did that and opened up this, let's say, can of, you know, I am a real human being. I struggle with these things so many people immediately jumped on the wagon and started putting this little emoji of a little thought bubble next to their name to demonstrate that I recognize that mind health or brain health is so important. Now this trait mindfulness is one of those things that when you continue to practice mindfulness, being able to pull yourself into the present, um, it's not that you don't go through all these emotions because emotions are essential to being a human being. But what it does is it helps you through those moments where everything feels maybe overwhelming or you get to a point where um, just recently another one of my colleagues or friends, he, he posted that he was going to end his life um, and he didn't but because he passed out being drunk. But he posted that on LinkedIn. He got to that point where he didn't want to live anymore. Um, these skills are not just about being able to be powerfully present and creative and all those other things. That's the way you can sell it to the employers to get these programs to your employees, but they are life-saving skills. They are what help you train your brain to be able to handle the stresses that human beings have never evolved to handle in this type of you know, state that we are in, constantly going, constantly moving, constantly thinking. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. I have a quote um, actually from, it's from this book called The Yamas and Niyamas. Um, it's from a yoga uh, theory practice, but this came from a young Holocaust victim. And her name was Eddie Hillisum. And she says, ultimately, we have just one moral duty to reclaim large areas of peace in ourselves, more and more peace, and to reflect it towards others. And the more peace there is in us, 
the more peace there will also be in our troubled world. To me personally, mindfulness, meditation, trait mindfulness, uh, yoga nidra, any type of brain health exercises is all about that, returning to a peaceful state within us so that when we are faced with extremely traumatic or difficult days where we feel like we can't keep going on, we can return to our authentic selves and remember our why, and then we show back up to work. So the ROI, yeah, there's a big, huge ROI on mindfulness and gratitude and wonder, but really, essentially, it all boils down to saving lives and living an authentic, full, peaceful, joyful life. Yeah, I love that. And that should be enough, right, for for anyone to think, wow, this is important. I need to be doing this for myself, for my team, for my organization. Um, It's not, unfortunately, it's not always enough. And so we do have to frame things in terms of the ROI element and making sure that, um, uh, that leaders up the line recognize you know, the, the true benefits to, to everything that we're trying to do. And so I think framing it both ways uh, can be really helpful and important. Um, so now let's, let's talk more about what these types of programs can actually look like within an organization. So I'm a leader. I recognize mm-hmm. it, this is important for myself, for my team. Uh, I want to, to do something around mindfulness, trait mindfulness, helping people, people be more present, finding more uh, peace and having, you know, better uh, mental health. Uh, how, how do I do that? What do I, that's, how do I get started? That's such a good question. Well, there are many different ways. You can literally assign someone on your HR team or every single manager or supervisor to, you know, assign someone on their team to be in charge of a daily meditation or a daily mindfulness practice, and they could research it themselves. There's so many different um, apps out there and um, you know, YouTube videos. I mean, literally you could do it within your, within house without needing to go out to experts. If you want your employees to spend that little bit of time, you know, uh, educating themselves, or you can bring in experts like me that does mindfulness training, or there's also, you know, like programs like Zenovate that's launched, um, huge here in Utah. Um, they're growing exponentially, but they bring, they replace the EAP plan for, um, companies where the employees can actually, they actually start using their uh, free therapy. They also have mindfulness uh, classes, yoga classes online or apps, and they can also bring massage on site. So I think the number one necessity is number one, how are my employees doing? So you can even do a happiness audit, um, check in, see how they're feeling, what's going on with them. And then evaluate do we need to bring someone from out of house or can we actually do this in-house and have someone be part of almost like the culture uh, part of how we develop our employees is they get a break every single day that is their break that literally they can go on a walk or you know connect with somebody having a room dedicated or multiple rooms dedicated to a silent space and then um, a lot of employees uh, employers are going with um having someone on team as a wellness advocate or a wellness, um, the one that's in charge of the wellness of employees. And wellness is not just about, I, I feel like it's important that they know wellness. Yeah, the physical body is important, but if this isn't working, then you're just walking zombies. So you might as well take care of this first and then the body will take care of itself. When you're mentally well, you have a healthy brain, 
you will want to take care of your physical self. Yeah, and and the two go hand in hand. And I like your walking zombie um, example. And that's why presenteeism is so important because it's not about having a, a physical body in the seat at the workplace, either at the office or virtually at home. You know, having someone there physically doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, if, if they're not there mentally, if they're not fully engaged in what they're doing, um, and if they're not, you know, because of, of various mental health struggles, if they're not capable of fully engaging with the work at hand or collaborating, you know, with people around them, then of course, from, from an ROI standpoint, uh, you know, from a productivity, productivity standpoint, the organization is going to be hurting, um, from a human standpoint, you, you have this person who's hurting, who, who is suffering and they're not, um, they're not able or capable to, to, uh, to deal effectively. So, so we need to be very thoughtful about, um, about how we do that. And I hope that all leaders will, will make it a priority um, that they'll, they'll really try to focus on uh, how they can do this better. And, and like you said, there's, there's resources. You don't need to be the expert. You don't need to do everything yourself. Uh, there are existing um, free resources. There are paid resources. There are experts like, uh, like you, Kristen, um, or you can, you can try to train people up in house to handle it. But I think the, the first most important thing is to just recognize this is an important issue. We need to pay attention to it. We need to invest in it. We need to be committed to it. And if we can do that, I think that's half the battle. And then we can start to lay out programs, practices that will reinforce the type of culture that we want of a, of a mindfulness and present kind of a mindset where people, uh, can, be healthy both in body and mind and bring their full, whole authentic and genuine selves to work and have the support they need uh, to do their work well. Absolutely. I, I want to put in there as well. I mean, one of the best ways you can start by understanding how someone's doing is getting to know your employees, getting to know each other. Um, I do facilitate team building experiences, but you don't need team building experiences. It's literally going to someone's desk telling them, you know, thank you for doing this, such, such thing, being very sincere and genuine. We need you on this team. We're so glad you're here. What is it that I can do for you? Or is there something, you know, where you feel like you could be utilized in a better way? Um, even giving them that type of boost can boost them up to a month sometimes. So, you know, just that connection and the gratitude, and then you instill them with uh, these tools to return to when necessary, when they're really struggling or finding that, you know, this traumatic event just happened or my brother just died or, you know, COVID suddenly shut everything down. Uh, you get to this point where you're able to handle some extremely highly stressful situations because you have been exercising this ability to pull back to the present. And, you know, a few of those micro tools I teach are literally like very, very simple. You can either turn to literally snapping your fingers, tapping your leg, um, just making a clenched fist, and then maybe pulling in and thinking, what do I hear right now? What do I feel right now? Like texture wise, uh, what do I see right now or smell right now? So pulling you back to your senses is one of those ways. Another way is to take three deep breaths, trace your feet three times. Where am I? I'm safe right now. Now, if you're not safe, then you should be feeling anxious and not having, you know, um, getting out of that situation. 
most of the time, our brains are wired to keep us safe. Our predecessors were literally needing to keep themselves safe from real tigers and bears and lions and starvation. Our brains are still wired to keep us safe. And so we have stuffed tigers and stuffed bears. And the idea or thought that we don't have food available, but really our brain is the one that is uh, kind of tricking us. And even just recognizing that saying, my brain right now, or my mind is feeling really anxious. My mind is feeling very stressed out and taking those three deep breaths and pulling in that in and of itself. If you continue to practice that, whenever you find yourself not being present, you're able to if you practice like brushing your teeth every day, your teeth will stay white, hopefully, and clean, your brain will stay healthier and more alert and be able to pull into that trait mindful state at any moment. Wonderful. Thank you, Kristen. Great insights, great tips. Uh, I think this is a super important topic. So I hope everyone uh, listening today will, will take this seriously, consider how you can practice more mindfulness in your own life, but also foster that culture and that, that, that approach within your, your team, within your organization. Um, Kristen, before we leave, I did want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about what you're up to and anything else that you'd like to share by way of final word before we close. Yeah. So you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn. That seems to be one of the best places to communicate with me or my website, kpspeaks.com. And I just would love to share that I am a firm believer in mindfulness, uh, in brain health, in taking care of our number one asset, which is ourselves. And when we do that, um, everything else flourishes in life. We're able to attract what we want in life when we are able to put it out there because we're not caught up in our past or our future, but we're literally in our present. You'd be surprised how your life can change when you're able to really stay present and recognize who you truly are authentically in that moment. Wonderful. Thank you, Kristen. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what uh, Kristen can do for you and to help you and your organization. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.